Welcome to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama. Now your host, Timothy George. Welcome to today's Beeson Podcast. Well, we have a great podcast for you today. We're in that season of the year when we focus on the great gift of God's love to us in Jesus Christ in Advent and Christmas tide. And my guest today is the Reverend Daniel Kaysen. He is a beloved musician, a pianist in our weekly chapel services here in Hodges Chapel at Beeson. He also serves on the music ministry staff of the great Briarwood Presbyterian Church in Birmingham, a multi-gifted, deeply dedicated servant of Christ. Welcome, Daniel, to the Beeson Podcast. Thank you so much, Dr. George. It's an honor to be here today. Now, you've been with us for a long time. I remember when Bob Hatfield was leading our worship services, and you would play for our summer pastors' events and during the year, and so we just consider you a part of our family. I am a part of the family. I love coming to Beeson. I love coming to Sanford, and uh, in fact, every time I come, I get a blessing. I'm always honored to be here with you. Now, you are a great pianist, a wonderful organist, and we use you on both of those instruments on a regular basis. We're going to hear some of your music today. Okay. Uh, I think we'll start with Go Tell It on the Mountain. Oh. Tell us a little bit about that song, and then we'll listen to a little bit well, of it. Well, you know, there are several genres of music, and uh, I love all styles of music, all sacred music. And uh, I grew up in the inner city of Cleveland, Ohio, and most African Americans who, who grew up in the inner city, we sing gospel music, traditional yeah. gospel music. And I remember from a small a child singing Go Tell It on the, mount- on the Mountain and not really understanding the meaning of it. I loved the beat. I loved yeah. it. And uh, every church during the holidays singing Go Tell It on the Mountain. Mm-hmm. But eventually I had to learn the meaning of it. Yeah. And uh, I love spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when I became a concert pianist years ago, I added it to my repertoire. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I love classical music and hymns, but every now and then I like to pat my feet and and clap my hands and get yes. people involved in the worship service. And that's a great song for reflecting on the real meaning of what Christmas stands for. You know, during the holiday season, we need to reflect and be reminded of the real meaning of Christmas. And I often tell my kids and the ministry people that I work with downtown that it's not about Santa Claus. It's not about Frosty. It's about Jesus. The words simply says, go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere that Jesus Christ is born. And that's why I love that piece. So when you hear it, you should sing with it. Pat your feet and clap your hands and get involved. Music should always embrace and should make us want to participate. I believe the preacher this morning said we're not going to be spectators. We're going to be participants. Wonderful, Daniel. 
Well, I'm back with my friend Daniel Kaysen. What a great uh, musician, a great servant of Christ. Now, I, I want to talk a little bit about your music. You are a musician. You're a concert pianist. Uh, you bless us so many times on the organ, the piano here at Beeson. But you also are a minister of the gospel with a real passion, particularly for working with inner city children. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about that ministry. Well, you know, Dr. George, a lot of people don't know that uh, I came from Cleveland, Ohio. I grew up in what they called, back then, they called it the ghetto. Nowadays, they call it the hood. They called us underprivileged children, and we didn't have a lot. But, you know, God, who is sovereign, I've often said this, he has a way of taking what you were and making you into what he wants you to be. And uh, I remember as a as a child uh, having a gift. I, I remember going to my first lesson. At, it was a school called Rainy Institute. Rainy. Rainy Institute. Mm-hmm. It was on the corner of 55th and Superior in Cleveland, Ohio, in the ghetto. I would ride the bus to take piano lessons, and my piano lessons were 50 cents a lesson. Now, I'll tell you, I would have never been able to pay for real piano lessons, but I got a scholarship. In fact, and I say this to the glory of God, my gift was so... It sounds like I'm bragging. I'm not bragging, but I had a natural gift for sitting at the piano and playing anything I heard. I could play by ear anything, but I couldn't read music. So someone recognized that I had a gift and they said, you need to study piano. And they came to my school, my elementary school, and they said, we can get you some piano lessons. Well, I wanted to study. I wanted to learn. I was about eight or nine years old. And this is going along telling you how I started the Kids Center. When they enrolled me in the school, I immediately picked up. I learned theory, I learned all, I learned orchestration, I had a natural knack for music. And I had always said that when I grew up, I wanted to duplicate what happened to me as a child. By the time I was 14 years old, I had a full scholarship at the University of Southern California. The gift of God in me was so strong that, I I mean, it just took off like that. I got A's and everything. I won uh, piano competitions, composition competitions, and the teachers were teaching me. And then when they, what happened was when they found out that I had this gift and then the music developed so quickly, they said, you need to be a piano major in college. And the Lord really took me to a place where I understood the importance of education. And of course, you know the importance of education. But of course, some things happened in my life, and I was unable at that time to fulfill everything that I wanted to go to Oberlin. But because of some things that happened in my life uh, with my parents and uh, being raised in the inner city, there were some issues that came up that I wasn't able to do that. Later on, I was able to go back and graduate and get my degree. But I had always said, if I ever become a concert pianist, and I ever become what I wanted to do, I wanted to be a music teacher, I would go back and start a school similar to what I had went to because kids cannot always pay $15 a lesson and $30 a lesson. So we started the kids, my wife and I, her name is Gwendolyn, if you're listening, sweetheart, hi. We started the Kids Christian Music Center 20 years ago with the desire of providing music lessons and music opportunities for underprivileged children so they could take piano, voice, dance. Uh, we have several programs at the Kids Christian Music Center, and these kids don't have to pay anything. And it's modeled after Rainey Institute. How about that? 45 years ago. So it's K-I-D-S, which stands for Kids, kids in Divine Service. Kids in Divine Service. Now, the difference service. between our school and that school that I went to Ours is a 100% Christian school. Yeah. Uh, we, Because I'm, I'm a pastor and I'm a minister, I know the importance of presenting Christ to these children. So any child that comes to the Kids Center, not only are they going to learn how to play the piano, they're going to hear the gospel. Wonderful. And the most important thing is that they would come to know Christ. 
Now, you have a burden, obviously, for education, oh, for yeah. music education, for uplifting the spiritual dimension of life. But you also, you have a holistic approach to the message of Christ, which we want to celebrate because you're very concerned about physical needs. You are involved in feeding hungry people. Talk about that. You know, I never thought, Dr. George, that I would do this. I'm amazed. I, this is funny. I didn't even like children originally. To be honest, <laughs> I, I wanted to be a concert pianist, and musically in the, within the church, I wanted to be a minister of music. I became that. But God, who is sovereign, has a way of directing you in the direction he wants you to go. And I, I realized that because of what happened to me as a child, not you know, gr- growing up in a single home, not having brothers or sisters, and getting caught up in some things that I don't want to talk about today, I will tell you this. I said yes to the Lord, and the, the direction of my life changed. Whereas I wanted to be a concert pianist and I wanted to be a music teacher, I became both of those things. But I began to feel a call on my life to reach out to underprivileged children and give them the same opportunity that I had. Now, why the feeding program? Well, you know, when you start ministering to kids and their families, you find that there are needs that -hmm. you can either turn a deaf ear to or you can say, I'm going to help you. I'm not going to help you. Well, what happened? We started a clothing ministry first. And the reason why we started a clothing ministry, when you got kids coming to choir and they have holes in their shoes, they don't have a warm coat. So I began to connect with the churches that I, at that time I was a, a member of Redeemer Presbyterian Church. I was a minister of music there. And the pastor, his name was um, Sterling Edwards, I believe. He says, we have some clothes and we want to reach out to the inner city. And what happened? He brought a trunk load of clothes and we started blessing the community. Now... We're clothing and feeding thousands of people. And it was never, we, we never, that was not a part of my vision. But, and I'm sure you know this, we follow the leading of the Lord. The whole, I believe the whole purpose of us having the Holy Spirit in our lives, of course, as the preacher said this morning, to bring us to Christ, but to lead us and guide us in our truth. I saw kids with no shoes. I saw kids with no coats. I saw families that did not have enough food to eat. They were coming, taking piano lessons from me. And yet their brothers and sisters were hungry. As a Christian, my job is to reach out to not only, the first of all, the spiritual. You know, at the kids' center, I always tell my parents, here's what we, we do. Number one, we want to make sure that all these kids come to know Christ. Why must they know Christ? Because without Christ, they will be lost. And this is the day in which we live. A lot of people don't preach, don't preach that. But Jesus is the only way to God. We must present Christ. But I also want them to finish high school. A lot of kids in the inner city do not under, they don't understand the importance of staying in school and finishing. When we start our program every year, the first thing I say to all these kids, and there are hundreds of them, I say, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. As a, as your pastor and as your teacher, I'm expecting you to finish what you start. Oftentimes in African American culture, they'll start, they'll quit, they'll start and they, they'll quit. But now I have kids after 20 years that have finished high school, and have finished college. Fabulous. And are coming back to work with other kids. I love this emphasis you've got on the spiritual, the material. Oh, yeah. You know, the great Methodist evangelist missionary to India, E. Stanley Jones, yes. once said that a body without a soul is a corpse. Yes. A soul without a body is a ghost. But that God has made us soul and body, one person, and he, he wants us to be totally committed to him in every area. And your ministry exemplifies that. Uh, now, we're in the Christmas season, but I want to ask you about a special kind of emphasis you have at Thanksgiving, too. We've yeah. just gone through that. 
I cared enough is what it's called. Tell us about that. Well, also oh, a long story, but I cared enough is an initiative where we reach out to what we call the hurting, the hungry, the homeless, the helpless, and the hopeless with the love and compassion of the Savior. We feed approximately 5,000 people at Thanksgiving at the Fair Park mm. Arena. Uh, we just did it for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And uh, this, this is our 15th year. We provide, by the grace of God, a sit-down Thanksgiving dinner to all of those who will come. We also provide them with free haircuts, free school supplies for the children. Mm. We provide medical screenings because there are a lot of people who have diabetic issues such as myself, and they don't even know they have diabetes. So we provide with blood pressure checks. We also give them a box of groceries when they leave so that at Thanksgiving they'll have something to eat. Now, the good thing about I Care Enough is that they can come, they can connect with us and come back to the ministry and get groceries. The one thing that we want people to so know... this is not just a once a no, year kind well, of involvement. the Thanksgiving initiative Yes, is, of course. But all every week we feed and clothe. Yeah. And what's amazing is that there are people who did not know we, were, we existed. Let me... Jump back again on the kids center. For this this summer, we had 226 inner city kids mm. uh, at Central Park Baptist Church for a summer a free summer music camp. Well, those kids come and learn music, but they also can come and receive the services. Their families can receive the services that we offer. So we're, we're excited because we feel like God has positioned us mm. to be a blessing in the community. Dr. George, I really believe that if we would be salt in the earth and the light of the world, this world would be a much better place. I believe that the, that the church, the Church of Jesus Christ, believers are positioned in this day and this hour where we can make a difference in the lives of people. All we have to do is be available. Mm. You know, a lot of times people say to me, they say, well, you're doing this and you're doing that. You know, you know what I tell them? I say, I'm doing nothing any, no, nothing any more than anyone else can do. My wife and I opened our doors and we decided we were going to make a difference in the life of the city and the state and this country. And now we're seeing fruit. Mm. eternal fruit. And is that not the greatest blessing that you can have? Yes, we're saved. I, I, I preach this with my whole heart. We're saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God. No man can boast. But you know what? There are people down the street, the people around the corner that don't know this truth. And by us simply saying, we'll be there to help you. Here's a bag of groceries. Here's a pair of shoes. Here's some school supplies. It opens up a door for us to share the gospel. The greatest gift that we have as Christians is to be able to share what God has done in us and through us and letting people know what we have, they can have. Yeah. And I mean that with all of my heart. Well, you know, about a year or so ago here at Beeson, we spent a whole semester studying the book of James. Yes. And what your ministry is about is a living exemplification of James. Show me your faith without your works. Let me show you my faith by my works, and God will be glorified. And each of the souls you're touching is a person made in the image of God, precious in his sight. So we love you and appreciate you. We want to return to the music on this seasonal Christmastide experience, and we're going to listen to next one of the great classic hymns, I guess you would say, of Christmas. We call it a carol, but it's really a hymn. It came up on a midnight clear. Tell us just a little bit about that, and then we'll listen to this music. Well, you know, first of all, there are many songs that are standards within uh, the, during the Christmas season, and this is one of the ones that absolutely 
in the beginning of the Christmas season, it just draws me in. Mm-hmm. Uh, some music, uh, I have to say that there are some songs that make you respond differently, you know, make you pat your feet, make you joy. But this song makes me reflect, came upon a midnight clear. And the way it's, the way I played it when I performed it years ago in concert, I looked at it as a praise mm-hmm. song more so than a Christmas song. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's reflective. I think sometimes, and this is something I would like to say, sometimes the music that we do in church does not always draw us to Christ. Mm. And I think that's a problem. I pray that my music will draw you to Christ. I don't want you to be drawn to Daniel, but I want you to be drawn to, to Christ. So when you hear this, allow the words and the tune to draw you to be reflective of what, it, what the Christ child represents. As we leave today, we're going to listen to one more classic Christmas. Uh, It's not only for Christmas, it's for any season of the year. The Hallelujah Chorus from the Great Messiah by George Frederick Handel. I was taught when I first heard this in junior high school, you're supposed to stand up. When, uh, because the king stood up Absolutely. when he when this was first played. And so wherever you are, you may be driving down the road or asleep in the morning, waking up. You don't have to stand up. But if you can stand up, I think it would be a good thing to do. At least lift up your hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Well, I've been speaking today, and we've been listening to the music today of the Reverend Daniel Kaysen. He's a pianist, an organist. He's a minister of music, Briarwood Presbyterian Church. He has a wonderful ministry, Kids, Kids in Divine Service. It's involved in teaching music, music education, but as we've heard, a holistic ministry that reaches out to every area of life. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Dr. George. If you'd like to hear more music by our friend Daniel Kaysen, he has five CDs, hymns, wonderful Christmas music, music of the Christian year. They're all available at briarwood.org. Go to the bookstore there. You can order these and enjoy the music. Thank you so much, Daniel, for your time with us. to the Beeson Podcast with host Timothy George. You can subscribe to the Beeson Podcast at our website, BeesonDivinity.com. Beeson Divinity School is an interdenominational evangelical divinity school training men and women in the service of Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast will aid and encourage your work, and we hope you will listen to each upcoming edition of the Beeson Podcast.